Great to see you guys. Welcome. I want to say hello to all of our campuses real quick. Thanks for being a part of our services. It is great to be back. Man, I missed you guys, and I'm excited about this brand new series we have as well. So thanks for joining us. The Lord's just letting us know that he's here as well. I can sense him now. Glad you guys are here. I want to say hello to our God Behind Bars guys as well. Let's give those guys a hand real quick. Excited to have you here. You know, the next series we're about to do is At The Movies. We're already promoting it now because it's going to be a huge series. In fact, last year, it, the only thing that beat At The Movies attendance was Easter. Isn't that crazy? I mean, At The Movies, one of the biggest things that we do, Easter and Christmas Eve, that's it. It's the third highest weekends of the year. And here's why, because we take movies and we take church and we put it together. It's a lot of fun. If you've never been to an At The Movies, you don't want to miss this series. And I want, to, I want to challenge you to already be thinking about who you're going to bring, what friend or family member you have that always says, oh, I'm not in the church. And you can say to them, are you into the movies? Yes, I am. Then you're going to love my church, the new series we're doing. Come see At The Movies. Don't miss that. How many of you guys were here last year and enjoyed At The Movies? You already know what you're in for. It's really cool. You don't want to miss it. And so I want to challenge you to be thinking about and praying about who you're going to bring for the At The Movie series. Well, listen, without further ado, I'm excited about bringing a new message series to you today. I'm so excited to teach you how to wreck your life. I know you're excited about this. There's lots of ways to do it, but I have a couple in particular that are really going to help. And so I want to challenge you guys to take some notes. You're going to love the series. It's a very unique message. And so because most of us don't realize that there are some things that we do that wreck our lives. And so I want to talk about that today and this message, How to Wreck Your Life. The first one is called How to Drift from God. Before we get to that, let's say our mission statement together. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die periods. We're all about here at Church Unlimited. Pull out your notes if you would. And as we get started, I want to tell a quick story. There was a, an old cowboy that was driving his truck and his wife was on the other side in the passenger seat of the, the bench seat in the truck. And she said, you know, honey, I remember when I used to cuddle up next to you when we rode down the road when we first were a couple dating in the first few years of marriage. I mean, we would just be smashed together in the truck the whole time with your arm around me driving down the road. And she goes, and she just said, I, I just, what happened to our relationship? What happened to our marriage? We used to always sit so close. And the old farmer looked over and said, honey, I didn't move. <laughs> and as we talk about this today, I wonder if we think, man, I remember there was a time I was so close to God. When I sensed this power in my life, when I would pray and I'd hear him answer clearly to me, and I just knew God was at work in my life. And I think God may be saying to you and I, I haven't moved. And so today as we talk about this, I think this message you may find yourself in it. So without further ado, I want to talk today about how to drift away from God. Some of you guys have experiencing the power of God just way too much. Some of you have God moving in your life so much and you sense him and you sense his presence and his power in your life. And we just can't have that. So I want to teach you how you can drift from God. I know you're excited about this message, aren't you? How do you drift from God? I want to tell you how you can drift away from God because we can't have you living out the, the Christian life that he has for you. We can't have you living in his power and his goodness and his grace and seeing his results and his hand on your life. We can't have that anymore. We've got to help you drift away from God. And so pull out your notes. I want to give you some things to write down today. How do you drift away from God? Look at Psalm 63, verse 1. It says, Oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. He says, I search for you, God. So the first thing you need to know if you want to drift from God, number one, is to neglect your time with God. This is very important. If you want to drift from God, you got to start neglecting your time. And so when the Holy Spirit begins to prompt you to open up your Bible app, you got to resist that stuff and say, ah, that's ridiculous. 
And whenever you start to reach over for your Bible, just say, no, nah, nah, I'm good. I don't need that. And so you got to put up the blocks because if you're going to drift away from anybody, you got to quit talking to them, quit listening to them. And so you got to make sure that you neglect your time with God. And so it says in scripture, it says in Psalms 92, 13, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. This is important. So when you spend time with God, when you're in his house, you flourish. So God wants you not only to neglect your time with God, but the second thing he wants you to do, number two, is neglect God's house. If you want to really drift away from God, quit showing up. Some of you are just entirely too consistent. You got to quit showing up. You got to start skipping. In fact, if anyone ever invites you to do something, always say yes. You wouldn't want to offend them. It's much easier to offend God. So if they invite you to the, to the mall or to the beach or to the lake, make sure you always say yes. Make sure you always plan things out. Make sure you sign up for one of those leagues that are on Sunday so you got an excuse every week to go. Or maybe you're gonna have friends over for the game so you just can't go to church. And so always find a reason to not come. Just be inconsistent at best. In fact, really the ultimate way to do this is just go coming all together. And that way eventually you forget God is even there. And so this is how you can drift from God. So the first thing you neglect God, uh, time in this word. Number two, you neglect God's house. Psalm 63, two says, I have seen you in your sanctuary engaged upon your power and glory. Well, enough, there's enough of that going on. You need to, if you're really going to make sure that you drift from God, you got to quit showing up. And that way you no longer hear from God. Here's a third way that you can make sure that you drift from God. And this one is almost a dead ringer will help probably more than any other way. Here it is. If you really want to make sure you drift from God, it's really simple. Hang out with the wrong people. This will really help you pull away from God. Well, you guys aren't, aren't amening me. I'm so offended right now. I don't know what's going on. But if you really want to drift from God, you, you just have to start hanging out with the wrong people. In fact, if you really want to really go over the top, start dating someone and marry someone who doesn't even know God. That will really secure the deal. Or even if it's someone who claims to be a Christian, but there's no evidence in their life, that's perfect because you can justify it in your head, but you're still going to be drifting from God. It's perfect. So if you want to drift from God, it's real simple. You quit listening to Him in, this, in your time with Him, no more time with Him. You skip God's house and you hang out with people who hardly know He exists. And so that way you'll drift from God. It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Just hang out with the wrong people. You're beginning to think like them. How about this? It says in Hebrews 10, 25, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another. I mean, we can't have you being encouraged. So you got to quit hanging out with all these Christians. Make sure you get away. Or even better yet, maybe you've been burned by a Christian. Just quit trusting people altogether. And that way you'll never get around other believers and open your heart to them. That will definitely help you drift from God. So if you really want to drift from God, don't have time with God. Don't come to his house and make sure you hang out with the wrong people. You guys liking this message so far? I realize I sense the excitement in here. <laughs> if you like this, you're going to love next week. Next week's message is called How to Totally Live Unsatisfied. You're going to love it. Don't miss it. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. We're going to make sure that you leave totally dissatisfied. Bring your friends too. They can be dissatisfied also. It's going to be great. The truth is, is that if you really want to pull away from God, neglect time in this word, neglect God's house and hang around the wrong people. Oh, and if you do come to church, don't worship. No, 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 no. You just come to be seen by others. It's not about worshiping God. I mean, if you're going to raise your hand to him, it's okay. Just have your hand up while you're looking around. Just be looking around at other people, see what they're wearing. What's she wearing? Oh, that looks terrible on her. I mean, what in the world is she thinking? And so make sure you don't focus on anything. I mean, if you're going to be in God's house, don't focus on what you're here for. Come on. I mean, when the preacher's preaching, don't focus on the sermon. You should be thinking, you know, I like that last girl that sang last week better than this week. Or, you know, it looks like Pastor Bill's getting a little chubby. That's so offensive. Anyways, focus on all the wrong things. 
And if you do that, then it'll help you keep distance between you and God. I mean, I mean, when everyone else is taking notes, you should have your phone out making your grocery list, right? I mean, you should not focus on anything. And by the way, show up late and make sure you leave early. We wouldn't want you to actually give anything to God. You don't feel guilty about that. Just leave early. And so this way, you distance yourself from God for sure. And so if you want to stay away from God, if you want to just drift, neglect your time with God, neglect God's house, and hang around with the wrong people. And this is a big one. This will really help you desensitize yourself to the Spirit of God. Here it is. Number four, give in to temptation as often as possible. Whenever you're tempted to do something bad, just go for it. Just go ahead and do it. I mean, come on, you know it feels good. You know it's going to be fun for a season. You might as well just do it. Forget about the consequences. Don't worry about that. Just enjoy. And so give in to your temptations. Look what it says in James 1. It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it's full grown gives birth to death. But forget about all that. Just, just enjoy yourself. Just, I mean, you only live once, right? Come on. That YOLO life requires you skipping God's word. And so just do whatever you want, whatever feels good. And this is a big one. If you really want to help justify it, I can help you. Oh, this is a great one. I think we all know this well. You just got to say, you know what? This is just how I am. I mean, it's just the way I am. God made me this way. I can't help it. And just excuse yourself away. And that way, eventually you'll become so good at it. This is why you got to sin often too and go back to that same thing again and again. Here's why. Because there's little neural pathways in your mind that cut a trail down that road and it becomes easier and easier. And you're seeing, in fact, if you get to doing it so often, eventually you don't know how to not do it. Isn't that great? And that way you'll forget that there was even a God. You'll forget where these even go down that pathway to know the Lord. And so if you just give in to temptation, it just gets easier and easier to sin. Eventually it becomes so disinstitive you can't even hear God speaking. And eventually you just say, ha, there probably really isn't even a God anyways. Isn't that great? Aren't you so glad you came today to learn how to drift away from God? And so all you have to do is neglect time with God, neglect God's house, hang around with the wrong people, and give in to temptation as often as you can. And by the way, if you're a Christian for any length of time, this is a great thing. Once you discover that Jesus always forgives you, then you have a credit card to sin, man. Go sin, ask Jesus to forgive you. Sin again, ask Jesus to forgive you. Never mind the fact that you're starting to realize you can't hear from him anymore. It's okay, that was the point, right? And just keep neglecting him. And just eventually you'll just drift away and, and then you'll wonder what happened. And then whenever the consequences of sin finally catch up, here's the great part. You can just turn to him and blame him and say, I can't believe you did this to me. See how that works? And so that way you can just drift away from God ever so slowly. Now, if none of this is working for you, I think this next one will put you over the top. This will really help you. Here it is, number five. Would you write this down? Love this world more than you love God. See, I love this one because it's so subtle that people don't notice it. Just always be quick to go to Facebook or social media of any type before you're quick to open your Bible app. Always make sure that you binge TV rather than binging the Bible. Make sure that you always will do anything other than something that's God-related. And so if you do that, man, you will definitely pull away from God. Look what it says in 1 John 2. It says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. So let's break that down real quick. I just want to really help you drift away. It says to avoid the lust of the flesh. Well, I would say, no way. If you want to drift away from God, jump into the lust of the flesh. Anything that seems racy and you're online, always click on it. I mean, make sure that you go through the channels and stop on anything that seems a little bit over sex. That's perfect. And so here's, it's like a twofer. Number one, it desensitizes you to God, but it also messes up your marriage. It's great. You get two for one. 
And so make sure you always go for that racy ad, that racy website, that racy TV show. And then also the lust of the eyes, always make it about getting more and more stuff. Try to please your, your, your flesh by just buying more stuff and buying more stuff and having more stuff, more experiences. And then the last part, it says, it says to have the pride of life. This is a big deal. It doesn't matter how you're really doing. Just make sure you look powerful and sexy. Just make sure you look good. That's what that means, right? And so if you do that, you'll definitely drift away from God. Just put the, the love of the world over God. Because here's the Bible's pretty clear. He says, I will have no idols before me. So if you just put a little idol between you and God, it will definitely help you drift from him. And if none of this works, by the way, if none of this is working for you, the last one I guarantee you will help you drift from God. Would you write this down? Number six, if all else fails, fake it. Oh, this is a great one. We're so good at this one. If all else fails, just, just fake like you're a Christian. Just fake like you're in love with Jesus. You don't actually have to really be in love with him or do anything. Just, just, just pretend like it. Just act like it. Like when the offering comes by, just put something in so it looks like a tithe. You know, you don't actually have to tithe. Or, or when it comes to worship, just, just clap with everyone else. You don't have to actually be up with us. Just when you see people to clap around, you just, oh, it's time to clap. And that way you're not actually engaged in worshiping. You're just drifting. And that way you'll slowly drift away. And if you do, it's okay. You don't have to, we won't even know. You can just fake it. You can just pretend like your faith is really intact, like you're really walking with God. No one will even know. Wow, that was painful, wasn't it? It's tough to even say it. But you know why I could go through that with you so well? Because I've lived it. Haven't we all lived that at some point in our lives? Anyone else in here find yourself in what I just went through? Anyone else find themselves thinking, wow, I didn't realize that when I simply ignored that check in my spirit to open the Word or the Bible app, that I was drifting. Never dawned on me that I just thought I had a busy schedule, but that the devil was using that to help me drift away from God's house. I never realized, never really dawned on me that by hanging out with that bad influence, it was actually pulling me from the good influence. I didn't realize that when I gave in temptation, it wasn't just about the temptation, it was about tempting me to not honor the Lord, that it was desensitizing me to the things of God. There's an answer to this, by the way, to those of you who are drifting. Paul said it this way. Paul in Scripture, he said, oh, what a wretched man I am. He had to admit, he was like, man, I'm jacked up. My life is messed up. Now, if the Apostle Paul can say that, and he wrote half the New Testament, I think we can admit that we don't always have it together too, right? So he basically said, oh, what a wretched man. In fact, in one time in Scripture, he says, why do I do the things I don't want to do and the things I don't want to do, I, I do. Anyone else relate to this? And he talks about all this difficulty of trying to honor God. And then finally, at the end of this whole conclusion, he says, he says, but thank God for Jesus. Because he makes it possible for, for me to be forgiven and to draw close to the Lord again. The Bible says to draw close to God and he will draw close to you. Maybe today... You didn't think you were wrecking your life. You say, well, I'm not going to do something dumb to wreck my life. See, the devil knows that. So he's not going to start with something really dumb. He's just going to get you to drift so far off from God that then when he introduces something dumb, you're so desensitized to the spirit of God warning you, he won't even notice. So that's how he ruins your life. It, it's subtle. It's not, it's not all at once. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to cheat on my spouse. No. He just wants to desensitize you to all the scenes you've seen of other people in the movies cheating on their spouse. 
He doesn't, you know, just wake up one day and say, I don't believe in God anymore. No, 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 that, that's, that's too difficult for you to take. So he's, he realizes that's too big of a step. Let me just get you to pull back from God. And eventually we get so far back, you can hardly even see him moving in your life. And then you want you to just justify your life by saying, maybe there really isn't a God anyways. See, we drift from God and we don't even realize it. But God has a better way. This is why he sent Jesus. There's a little boy that was riding his bike and he rode up, he was riding down the street and he saw these two old men that were sitting in front of a box on the side of the street and the box said, puppies for sale, $5 each. He rode his bike up and he stopped and looked in. He saw these cute little puppies running around, right? And he said, can I have one? And he said, $5, son, you can't. Go ask your mom though. Yes, sir. Gets on his bike, he rides home, gets permission from his mom, rides back with a crisp $5 bill in his pocket. He pulls up, sets his bike aside, pulls his $5 out and hands it to him. He says, which one do I get? He said, any one you want. So he leans in as the old men were just talking amongst each other. And he looks and he's looking at them playing and they're jumping all over each other like puppies do. And he looks at this one in the corner that wasn't moving much. He says, what about, what about that one? Is that a boy or girl? Oh, that's a little, that's a little boy dog, son, but you don't want that one. He goes, well, no, that's the one I want. He goes, no, no, son, pick that one up real quick. He picks him up. He says, now set him on the ground. He sets him on the ground. He says, now watch him. And he really wasn't moving much. He says, see, his back leg was crushed during birth. He says, son, you don't want that one. He goes, no, 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 that's the one I want. He says, son, listen, I'm sorry, but I don't want your mom to be mad at me for selling you a dog that, that, that has a, a crippled leg. That, that's not going to be good. So I don't want you to take him. Please take another one. He says, sweet. He says, sir, this is the one I want. He says, why would you want that one? Well, the boy grabbed his jeans and pulled up his leg and showed a brace underneath his jeans and said, because this one's going to need someone who understands him. You see, we have a Savior that understands us. We have a Savior that walked the same roads that we walk. We have a Savior that was betrayed like we were betrayed, who was hurt like we were hurt, who carried the shame and guilt of our sins to the cross. He did that for you. Thank God for Jesus. He pulls us back to God. It's because of Him. There's only one way to respond today if you've been drifting from God. Would you stand to your feet across all of our campuses? Because if I was drifting from God, then maybe it's time for me to shed a tear. Maybe it's time for me to say, God, I am sorry. Maybe it's time for me to run to the altar and say, God, I have, I have neglected my time. I have neglected your house. I wanna put you first again. I don't wanna drift. I don't wanna wreck my life. God, I'm sorry. So we open up the altar at all of our campuses right now. And maybe you need to come forward right now and say, God, I wanna get right with you. I don't wanna drift in my relationship. I don't wanna drift in my marriage. I don't wanna drift in my walk with you. I wanna be with you. I wanna know you. I wanna feel your presence and your power. And Lord, forgive me, God, I've ignored your house. God, I've been hanging with the wrong people. God, I've been giving in temptation too much. And it's been desensitizing me to the things of you. And I wanna get that right. I come before you, God, and I just wanna simply say, I am sorry. I've offended a holy God. So I come to you now. We open up this altar across all of our campuses. Maybe you're not coming forward, but you have a contrite heart to say, God, I'm sorry. I didn't even realize it, but I found myself in this difficult message today. I have been the one drifting. God says to you and me, like the old farmer with his wife in the truck, he says, I haven't moved, but you're welcome to scoot back over and get close to me again. 
with your head bowed and your eyes closed during this worship time, would you draw back to God? Scriptures say, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Tell the Lord you're sorry if you've drifted. Maybe you feel a closeness to God and just say, God, thank you that by Jesus and his grace, I can continue to be close to you. You worship him during this time. Let's worship. Like Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Come back to Him. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood. Oh, he's here. I can sense him. I sense him in this place. He's moving right now in Rockfield. I sense God's doing something. He's changing someone at Padre Island right now. Someone in Rockport's having their life changed. Someone right now at the West Side is saying, God, I'm sorry. I come back to you and lay my life at your feet. Someone online right now is drawing back to the Father. Someone behind bars didn't realize that God was so close. All they had to do was call out to the Lord. Come on, San Antonio. Someone get close to God today. Someone give him your heart, your worship. It's time to say, God, we love you. We draw back to you now. Let's continue to sing. Let's sing like we mean it. Give God the worship at the end of the service that you didn't give him at the beginning of the service. You give him your worship right now.
your head bowed and your eyes closed as we take a moment to pray. If you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, God sent his own son Jesus to die on the cross for all the things we've done wrong, the things that we've said and done that have banished us for the presence of God in heaven. Jesus dies for us, paid the price for our sin. Then he says, you can't get into heaven based upon what you've done, but you can get into heaven based upon what I've done for you. And you can accept the salvation he offers simply by receiving him now. Would you pray this prayer with me across all of our campuses? You can pray this prayer out loud. You can say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for me. You paid the price for my sins. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I repent of my sins. I make you my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you just prayed that prayer, then Christ has come in your life. But maybe today you're already a Christ follower and you didn't even realize you were drifting and you sense the Spirit again in your life and you sense Him close. Praise God. Can we just take a moment and praise God with a praise offering and thank Him for His goodness right now that He has spoken to us. Isn't He good? We're so blessed.